Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. About fans, by fans, for fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm in Los Angeles, head of Manchester United's game against AC Milan. I've just been to watch United training at the Drake Stadium, part of the University of Los Angeles campus, a place where Jose Mourinho is usually very happy. He didn't seem particularly happy this morning when he spoke to the media. He spoke for eight minutes. He looked pretty grumpy. He complained once again about the state of the team he'll have to field when Manchester United play their opening two Premier League games against Leicester and Brighton. When he was asked if his current squad was capable of winning the title, he refused to answer the question. It's scorching here, really, really hot, even after five or ten minutes in the sun. So I don't envy the players for working out in these temperatures. But they're here now and they've got to make the the best of it. The game against Milan should see an increase in the tempo uh, from the first two games, which have been pretty poor. A 1-0 draw against Club America and 0-0 against um, San Jose Earthquakes, or more to the point, the reserves of San Jose Earthquakes. Both of those games were played in very big stadiums where more than half the seats remained empty. There's three games left on this tour. There's the Milan game and there's a game against a team called, wait a minute, Liverpool. I think they're from England. That's in Michigan on Saturday and then Real Madrid, the reigning European champions in Miami next Tuesday. We'll be bringing you a full podcast from the Milan game, but this is one from Santa Clara on Sunday where I spoke to people around uh, the the ground uh, before and after the game. And also included in this podcast is a couple of minutes from an interview that I did with Axel Tuanzebi. It's for United We Stand. I spoke to him in some detail. And I thought he was a really impressive young man. He moved to Greater Manchester from the Democratic Republic of Congo, aged four. He didn't learn English know English, he learned English, learned how to play football and he's captain Manchester United at every level apart from the first team. And he's fast, he's strong, I spoke to Nicky Butt about him, he rates him really highly. It'd be great to see if he comes through. I think it'd be quite difficult this season if I'm honest because he's got four established central defenders ahead of him but I still found it nice to talk to him and there's a little bit of that interview in here and the rest of it is in, in United We Stand. So we'll move now to before the game in Santa Clara a couple of days ago. Welcome to the second podcast from Manchester United's tour of the United States. I'm stood in a car park in Santa Clara. It's the third time in four years that I've stood here. Previous opponents were Barcelona and Real Madrid. Neither of those games quite sold out. There's not a chance this game is going to come close to selling out. I think the entire top tier of the stadium is going to remain unsold and the car park's a lot quieter than it was last year. However, 
we're still expecting 30,000 people. So for a pre-season friendly against an MLS team, I think that's decent. We're under the flight path of San Jose Airport, Manchester United's team came up from Los Angeles yesterday, stayed in San Jose, and they're going to play the game before going back to Los Angeles and Wednesday's game against uh, Milan. You can... <laughs> Uh, if you're interested in betting on any of the games, go to redarmybet.com. There's odds and offers for all the Manchester United games, including the pre-season friendly matches over here. And we have a couple of lads who've travelled over. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Ryan from Salford. Carlo Manchester. Dan from Manchester. So, what's San Francisco been like for you, assuming that you've been staying in San Francisco? I, I had high I had expectations of San Francisco, to be fair. When we were coming in, from, we landed at the airport, we were on the motorway up, and I could see the city, and I thought, this is going to be fucking brilliant. So, we took a boat tour, went up the Golden Gate Bridge, usual touristy stuff, what you're doing, San, San, San Francisco, Alcatraz. But apart from that, not great. And I mean, the hotel we're staying in, it's in, it's in an area called the Civic Centre, which is like South City, downtown San Francisco. Is that uh, where there's a lot of homeless that's people? Where, yeah, homeless people. What's like, your hotel like? Our, uh, I mean, it's just a, it's just a bog, <laughs> just a bog standard twin room. But I mean, the people that are outside the hotel are the problem. Why? Lay, lay in bed at three o'clock this morning. Fireworks. Woke up to a firework going off outside, so I stuck my head out the window and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" A woman's running up and down the road with blood on her arm, going, "Why are you shooting fireworks at me? This guy's on the loose with fireworks in his hand, shouting, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this firework at you." And, I sort of woke Callum up and I'm like, look at, come and look at this. These people literally throwing fireworks in the street at each other. I mean, they're all homeless. I don't know, I don't, I don't know what they were getting out of it. I don't, but, I mean, you walk out the hotel and the, the smell of urine is just, it absolutely hums. And I mean, I, it's, I'll, I'll be honest, Andy, Phoenix was great. The bus to the ground, the party bus was absolutely brilliant. Um, San Francisco, I thought it was going to be the same. I, I was expecting more of the same. I mean, Santa Clara's an hour south, so we got picked up this morning in an SUV down to Santa Clara for an hour, uh, getting here, the weather's a lot nicer, whereas if you're in San Francisco, it's like 18 degrees and cold, but I mean, I'm looking forward to getting to LA tomorrow, mate, that's all, yeah. I, I like San Francisco a lot, but there's a huge disparity between the ultra-rich and the poor, yeah. and it's one of the richest cities in the world, it's had massive success from the tech companies. Twitter, Facebook, Google, they're, they're all based in or around San Francisco, but there's something badly wrong when you walk down the streets and there's clear evidence of people with mental issues, there's people... Yeah, drug um, issues. Yeah, I, I think it's really sad. Somewhere along the line, the system has failed that so many people have got so much money. I was talking to a couple yesterday, they're saying it's $4,000 for a 50 square metre flat, 500 feet flat in downtown from, then, San Francisco so locals being priced out you're getting the tech geeks coming in and earning a lot of money but is it making for an integrated society I'm, I'm not convinced I still think there's a lot to do and visually it looks brilliant when you're coming towards so there's fans singing over there so have you finally got over Brighton and West Ham away do you know what Andy no I've not I think the end of last season was an absolute joke. I think for one, the cup final, um, just no one turned up for me. No one absolutely turned up. Chelsea weren't exactly great. Chelsea weren't great winners. The final was absolutely poor. United didn't turn up, and for the previous two weeks, they hadn't been playing either. I mean, what was it? Maybe a thousand miles combined between West Ham and Brighton. 
I just feel like Mourinho was far too happy with being in a, in a, in a domestic cup final and he just settled for that. I mean, as I say, two bus journeys, West Ham, Brighton, both poor, both poor performances. He didn't turn out a full 11. He wasn't happy with it. The players were poor. The sides were poor. We didn't get the results either. All three relegation sides that come up this season, we lost two. All three promoted sides, we lost two. Newcastle was poor. Brighton was absolutely awful. I mean, what, I mean, what do we even do with that? I mean, that's why, well, I think that's why we're so far behind City. You look at you look at them three relegated sides that we lost to and lost three points to, and City have absolutely demolished them on their own turf. We didn't, we struggled. We always struggled to break sides down and score goals. And it is frustrating. Don't get me, don't get me wrong, Brighton away was fucking brilliant because obviously yeah. Brighton, it's the seaside, it's May, it's sunny. No, we course. went down there, we had a great day. The went, yeah, the trip was great, the trip's great, I and mean, the trips are always great, obviously. But in terms of paying fans, paying money, and we're turning I mean, days there, off work. And uh, yeah, exactly. It was two midweek games. It was a Wednesday night and a Friday night. First night and a Friday night. And, so. and Bournemouth in April was also midweek. That was all. So three of the furthest away games were midweek. But I, the West Ham game was a disgrace. And the reaction after it, two satisfied managers. <laughs> Where does the satisfaction? come from it do you feel that you finally got this off your chest now about those two games can life carry on or have you like been meeting American people and talking to girls and just saying listen love you don't understand where are you from do you, have, you, have you seen West Ham and Brighton eh? yeah nah, seriously. have you met any locals here yeah I've yeah, seen loads uh, no, not, not about seeing them have you spoken to any uh, well well, it's got palmed off by a few honest, women in Phoenix. They don't seem like they don't seem like really. They've got a clue about United. They wear the shirt, they fly the flag, but they don't really seem like they've got. There's a lot of passion here. There's a lot of good United fans here. It's just a different way of supporting the team. They can't get to all the games, can they? If from Los Angeles. And he was walking around telling people it's not a dream to go to Old Trafford before, and he hates the place. What? Yeah. Don't want to go spoiling the dreams. I've spoken to. Fans over here, a mixture of um, Californians, people who've come, moved from Mexico, or expats who moved from England. Um, they're committed to you. Know. The night, the owner of Phoenix, owner of Phoenix pub, George and Dragon. He'd done it absolutely right. He didn't have to pay for all forty of us to get to the ground, return. Uh, his pub was great. He welcomed us with open arms. Didn't I'm he? amazed that bus got to the ground. I'm surprised you weren't nicked. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we thought that. it was just going to be your standard forty-seater coach. And then, and then we all stood up, we all stood on the corner, the guy's like, right, come on, the coach is here. lights, music, yeah. party bus. How's the trip been? Been good, I've just uh, had a week in Vegas, one of those tech companies that you were referring to earlier, the best one, Microsoft. Right, <laughs> me so. And my, uh, me and my friend there, we've spent a week there, so we're in a bad way at the moment, but we've met with these Doing guys. Do the three games. So what were you doing, like... Um, Co- co- coding for a week in, it was in, our, in Vegas. It was our uh, hacking. Was it like a, a hacking conference? <laughs> it was our uh, global conference, so we had a week there. All expenses, really nice. How much did you actually work? How much? Did, how, how far do the expenses extend to? Well, there's a grey, there's a grey line. But, uh, I'm not going to get you in trouble here with your your employee. <laughs> um, how has the rest of your trip been? It's been all right. Like. Uh, they were staying in a hellhole as well, but uh, I think for three, for three days it'll be okay. Um, and then we're on to LA then, and I, I expect that to be uh, much nicer. Looking forward to it. How do you feel about Manchester United going into this season? At the moment, 
I have no expectation really. Um, I'm not really convinced by what we've done in the transfer market so far. I think Liverpool have done some good business. Slightly L- Liverpool, Liverpool don't win anything. True. But uh, I think they're probably the team that best positions to challenge City at the moment. Unless we, you know, we need to sort our defence out. I think that's a big priority. Who would you like to see come in? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know he's actually there. That's, I don't think Alderweireld's going to make the difference. He's very good. Tottenham are going to... Yeah, very, very Daniel Levy will make sure that we uh, pay over the odds for him if, we, if he was to come in. So, the party's starting. We're going to walk back over to the gazebo. There's lots of very large motor cars. Cars have grown in the last 10 or 15 years. If not, they should have seen that trip here. Right, what was your trip here? They guaranteed it was an eight-seater for an hour and a half journey. Guy turned up out of our side of our shithole of an hotel this morning. (laughs) We had to absolutely cram inside. Still charged us $140 for an absolute muck of a fucking car. And it was a very uncomfortable journey to say the least. But anyway, LA tomorrow for the, for the third match day. Uh, and hopefully it's a bit more glamorous than San Francisco was. I'm with some of the Los Angeles Reds now, Armani. And I know you're otherwise occupied here. This is the United We Stand podcast. Tell us about the LA Reds, how many? Sky Sports, yeah. Los Angeles Reds are an amazing, passionate, energetic group of over a thousand members. And uh, we meet uh, to watch all the United matches, and we like to celebrate every time United are in town. The previous guest on this podcast is currently going up to a, a live Sky Sports interview, shouting United in a very strong Manchester accent, just to fill you in on some of the, the, the colour here. So how many of you have come up from LA to Santa Clara? Uh, it's about 50 of us coming from Los Angeles, Long Beach, Bakersfield, uh, the Inland Empire. We've got some even coming um, from the Bay Area. Um, so it's about 50 of us. And how have the numbers ebbed and flowed in recent years with Manchester United maybe not doing as well as you um, might have hoped? The numbers definitely dwindled a little bit, but the passion is still there. I think a lot of people are reserving uh, their travel time for the big match, which is going to be in Los Angeles. And then the one after in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the final one in uh, Miami against Real Madrid. Uh, the earthquakes are, you know, not really uh, on the we would consider on the level of United, but uh, but we've got a strong showing here today. Will there be more Manchester United or AC Milan fans in Los Angeles on Wednesday? Definitely Manchester United, hands down. We're gonna fill up that stadium. Thank you very much for your time. We've seen James Cooper here from Sky. Nice to see you, lad. You're a journalist. I'm not responsible for him. Um, are we, are we did, live? Did we live? Just into, yeah, we're live now, mate. Oh, wow. Um, like? Well, you were just live. What, what did he do? Just walk in front of you and shout, um, Manchester. How's your trip it been was, as a journalist? It was embarrassing. I said that this was nothing like Old Trafford and suddenly appears and it feels very much like Old Trafford. In a strong Manchester it? accent. Even with the, uh, the suntan the way it is, as you can see, blimey. How's this trip been as a journalist for you? It's interesting. I, I don't think people quite know what Manchester United are about right now. I mentioned the, the, the phrase DNA. I don't think people know what the DNA looks like at the moment. We know it's about results, but I think, see it around here, these people talk about a style, they talk about a passion and a history. I wonder if that message has got through to the people that matter and the people that pick the team. Well, I write about United pretty much every day in my life and the feedback I get consistently and viewing with my own eyes are a definite issues with the style. 
I don't, I don't think people matter if the results are right and you win titles, but yeah. if the results are, are right and you don't win titles, then I think that becomes a major problem. Yeah. It isn't what anything like Old Trafford. Old Trafford's quiet. I'm just recording the podcast here. Just give us a minute. You've just been on talking about West Ham no, away last no, season. Old Trafford. Let's have it right. It's fantastic. The honesty, the decency. Um, what have you made of United's transfer activity in comparison with some of their rival clubs so far? I think, it, I think it probably worries people. I think, you know, there's been a little bit of hypocrisy elsewhere, people slating Manchester United for buying Paul Pogba and then buying the, the world's most expensive goalkeeper. But I think, you know, they're additions that Liverpool fans perhaps would like to see. I think Manchester United fans would like to see more of that. But I think, you know, being fair to Jose, I think he runs a kind of tight ship and small squad. And I get the impression that it has to be departures to add up to arrivals. Is the solution to keep buying more and more players? Jose's brought 11 players in in 26 months. That's, and he's been back. There's been a lot of money put in now. Oh, a well. huge amount of money. When you think the money that wasn't allowed for David Moyes and you think you know, far less also for Louis van Gaal. And it's a difficult one because I know in, in you asking the question, you don't think it's right. And I think most Manchester United fans don't think it's right because they, they want to convey about it. And I think there's a lot of negativity about the fact a young squad without any stars here in the United States. But I'd love to see the young players come through and give them a chance. So what's the rest of your trip then now? Are you doing the full tour? Are you just doing United or are you doing other We're clubs? all over the place actually. We're back into LA tonight. We're driving down to LA. We're uh, I think on a boat in the Pacific with some United players tomorrow. And then we're having a look at Spurs, Barcelona and Roma. And then finishing off with the All-Star game in Atlanta. So I wish you would have told me that you were driving to LA because my travel down to LA tonight, I was supposed to be getting a thing called a cabin which is a hotel bus and I was supposed to be reviewing it and they emailed me yesterday to say it's been cancelled so I've just hired a car and I'm driving to LA myself. You could have had a lift. We've got, we've got a huge cr- truck. Yeah. We've got a massive well, suburban. Well, well, There's plenty of room. There's the car, mate. I've just paid for it. So <laughs> what can you do? You know, well, have a safe trip anyway. Will do. Andy, and, um, there's very few travelling United fans who've made it over the Atlantic to watch the Reds on their 2018 pre-season tour. But fans can watch every pre-season tour game live and exclusive on MUTV. Live games include friendlies against Club America and San Jose Earthquakes before United enter the ICC tournament facing the likes of AC Milan, Liverpool and Real Madrid. United then fly back to England and on to Bavaria for a final game against Bayern Munich on August 5th. United fans can find MUTV on Sky Channel 418 and it costs just £7 a month with no contract to watch all six games. Search MUTV Sky or go to channel 418 to find out more info or to watch pre-match build-up for free ahead of each game. Just leaving the stadium, the Levi's Stadium, a corporate behemoth in Santa Clara. (coughs) What a game, honestly. Manchester United nil. San Jose Earthquakes nil. One of the best games of football I've ever seen in my life. Don't be put off by the nil-nil. This was better than the 2003 Champions League final between Juventus and AC Milan at Old Trafford. Another classic nil-nil game. No, of course I'm talking absolute nonsense. It was dreadful. It was boring. If I'm looking for positives, I would say that Alexis Sanchez started well. I would say that Andres Pereira continues to do well in pre-season, as he usually does. And that's about it. The crowd was given us 32,000 in a 68,000 seat stadium. I don't think there were anything like 32,000 people inside that stadium. So I'm going to drive to LA now. The tour's going to move on. There is a sellout game in Los Angeles against AC Milan. And then we've got to look forward to games against Liverpool and Real Madrid. So 
there are games to look forward to, bigger opponents and more players will arrive and things should pick up a notch. But I can only comment on what we've seen so far today. I'm with James Cooper from Sky. What did you make of that, James? Do you know what? I think for those people watching on TV, it wasn't an easy watch. And I think for us behind glass with no atmosphere, it was even worse watch. And I think when someone from uh, the earthquakes, who are pretty humble people, were very welcoming, say that every single team in the MLS has scored against the earthquakes in their worst ever season, including the Minnesota side, they beat them twice in their only two wins. And you realise that that wasn't great. And you maybe look for excuses. Yeah, it was hot. Uh, there was nothing to maybe feed off from the crowd. And I think you're bang on with yeah Pereira always does well in pre-season I've got to say Sanchez did look good but then you've got to look at the calibre of the opposition as well but he wanted the ball and he was trying to make things work whereas the rest of them just seem to be content with a bit of a run out this team are not creating a lot of chances against a very poor team although you shouldn't slow Minnesota they've got a brilliant centre forward <laughs> yeah they have he's not a mitten is he Christian Vieri still <laughs> playing age 46 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going sh- we're going into fake news territory, aren't I? I'm sorry, Minnesota. No, but you're right. There, there wasn't anything created there. I mean, I think they've worked six corners and the goalkeeper's not made a save. So that is worrying. But then you look at the lineup and there's an awful lot of youngsters there. He's trying things out. And I think you just hope that with the calibre of opposition to come, albeit they'll be missing some players too, that things go up a notch a little bit. You've just spoke to Lee Grant after the game. Yeah, what I was, was impre- like? I really impressed. I mean, you know, I think he looks tight as a goalkeeper. Anyone who watched him play for Stoke or the myriad of clubs he played for, he's a, he's a good goalkeeper. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised that he got the call to be the third goalkeeper, but he wasn't surprised. When I said, it, was it a wind-up? He said, you obviously haven't watched too much of me playing. So there's a confidence there, there's an assurance there. He talked about the excitement of playing along the sides of the likes of Romero or training along the sides of Romero and, of course, De Gea, who he says is the best Premier League goalkeeper. Um, and also talked about his plans after the game and looking at someone like Michael Carrick as maybe an inspiration to become a coach or a manager further on down the line. I just had a nice chat with, with Carrick. He's enjoying being a coach. I also had a chat with Anthony Martial. Unfortunately, it's all off the record. <laughs> and it wasn't about his future. I was just talking to him about where he grew up. He's a nice kid when he's relaxed. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we don't see it because he doesn't really speak in, in English and you see him scowling when he walks past the mix zone. But uh, I was introduced to him and had a nice chat with him. But, uh, but he wasn't looking at me as, as being a journalist. No, but you also know from the, the fans that you talk to on a daily basis that they find maddening and infuriating is a player with loads and loads of talent never looks like he's happy or enjoying or even proud of playing for Manchester United and I think that starts to bite a little bit I think if you see people trying in the red of Manchester United it's not quite coming off I think there's some leeway there but I think it's always been the case well he doesn't look like he likes playing for our club and why do we really need him? It doesn't and I'm sure his argument would be that his relationship with the manager could be better he want to play more minutes and he can push back the manager and say well if you played better and did what I asked of you then you'd be playing in more games there's a terrifically talented footballer in there somewhere will he stay in Manchester United well the club have got no intention of selling him no they haven't and that's been made and really really plain consistently so I mean I was yeah. writing that in April and Italian journalists were saying he's going to Juventus and I was saying he's not but that hasn't changed since last year either no. they're, they're aware that this guy might suddenly come good in the blue of Chelsea or somewhere else I, I think if they get a huge offer from abroad then maybe they might be tempted because they can bring something else in but you're right there's a player there but you've only seen him in flashes and you, you get frustrated that you play against this sort of side and there's a real opportunity to make him look stupid and he just doesn't grasp that should be 5 or 6 nil, shouldn't it? easily it, that's what they were expecting it wasn't even their first team I sat next to some journalists who cover the earthquakes or the tremors or the minor tremors as it should be called and they were saying there's three players here who are regulars for us in our first team they, they were expecting a proper spanking yeah. I was at the stadium yesterday and, and I said it wouldn't be that because I think we all know what pre-season's like perhaps with Manchester United 
but you just hope with this step up in opposition and maybe European opposition rather than American opposition. What did you make it out today? What's your name? My name is Sarah, and oh. I thought I have no voice. I do apologize. I've been chanting all night. Um, you know what? It compared to the MLS, but then also playing with a bunch of kids and our starters who don't play together. We still look looks good. We still need to sync up. Uh, I think Chong looks great. He needs to put a little bit of weight on him. Uh, Gomez is brilliant. He should start for us. Um, hope that Valencia is okay with his calf injury, but I think it was just precautions. But we did well. Um, but there's too much uh, ugly first touches and too many touches. We got to work on that. Are these people singing friends of yours? They're actually not. I just walked in on them and started causing trouble as I do. Singing away, having a good time. Hey, well, yeah, but there's that one city fan over there that's causing a little bit of trouble. So once they do that, you've got to uh, put them in their place, don't you? Definitely. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers. What'd you make it out today? I thought it was an unusual day. I hadn't seen you yet. I know. <laughs> I just got to meet Barmy Kev now. Right. He wants some team sheets, so. Well, the same as the other night, really. It just seemed very, it was like a friendly, and, and you know, obviously it's a lot of players I don't even know, to be honest with you. You know, live in Canada. <laughs> Keeping up with United Reserves is not something I'm good at. But uh, Alexis looked pretty good. You know, a bit disappointed to see Shaw getting skinned on that early play. You know, he's. MLS winger, you, you would think that you know you'd be a bit fitter and faster than, than, than let that happen to you. But uh, yeah, what can you say? Nil nil. It's so another one. Going to LA on Wednesday. I am sir. Yeah. 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 And which other games are you going to do? Uh, just the one more in Ann Arbor. Um, as yeah. you know, I did the Russia thing, so I met in home after that. So this is good, isn't it? Everyone singing. Yeah, we got everybody singing. I think he's an ex-pat over there, he's starting everybody off, you know. Right, I'm going to go meet, um, they're in a restaurant behind. Just say your name and where you're from. Uh, Steve Whittle, uh, St. Helens. I've seen you come into these tours for years, Steve. Yeah, I used to live over here, so yeah. How long did you live over here? I was here for 35 years, I've been playing Manchester for three years, so... Uh, so you, you're from St. Helens, you're a United fan, yeah. and then you moved over here yeah. for 35 years, yeah. live, living where? Uh, New York. Yeah? Yeah. And then... Uh, not a lot of games back in the uh, 80s when we were crap, which was not bad, but you know, but then when we started winning things, it was all on TV, so it wasn't too bad, you what know. What took you to New York? Uh, work, yeah, I, 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 I went to uni in, in, in Manchester, I, I got a job in London, and they offered me a job in New York, I went over, you know. And what line of work? I was a banker. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. Kill, kill me for that, you know. But I, but I was in risk management, so I was trying to stop them doing stupid so you, things. You brought Lehman Brothers down, did you? Yeah, exactly. Ten years ago. Well, actually, and no. I, we went around and actually bought all the shit that Lehman left over, you know. Yeah, so we, uh, we, we did all right out of Lehman. But, and then uh, you moved back to Manchester? Three years ago, yeah. So I got, got my season ticket back three years ago. Whereabouts in the ground, you said? This is killing me now. You see, I, 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 I'm fucking prawn sandwiches. I'm in, I, I, I'm in the Salford Suite. So it's actually because of lifelong United fans in the exact. No, no, Salford Suite is, is great. A lot, a lot of the old guys I know from the from the Stratford End were in there because they made a bit of money. They go in there nowadays. The reason I did it is because uh, I got back, you know, uh, and you couldn't buy away tickets for yeah. three years unless you were yeah. an executive club. So I did the executive club just to get, to get on this train. Yeah, you know and I'm not. I'm going a different way. Yeah. So. 
I'll throw catch that you. all away, but it's good to see you again, mate. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. How will United do this season? I think we do it right, actually. I, th- I think I think we'll be challenging, you know, going in the new year. I'll see you in Los Angeles. See you later. So ending on a optimistic note. There. So the train station has emptied, and with it, with loads of noise, everyone's got on a train to somewhere called Winchester. There are two lonely souls left on this train platform. Two men in the twenties, in the sun. Where are you from, mate? Salford. Why are you here? The train's just gone. There's no real fucking clue. I don't know where. I've never been here in my life. So you lost? Yeah, pretty much. Right. We've got a flight half three. The two two lads that we've come to the ground with have both gone to a pool party somewhere in Oakland. There was only two spaces in the car, so they said to us just get an Uber. But an Uber's $120. Right, you don't need to go to Oakland, do you? Well, which airport are you flying from? San Francisco. And you're staying in San Francisco? Right, so you need to get into San Francisco, don't you? Yeah. Um, you can get an Uber when it calms down from here. I'm going totally opposite direction. I'll give you a lift to LA. But you, your bags are like one hour that way. taken us for so our bags and then go to LA. I've, I'll be absolutely goosed. I didn't even want to drive to LA in the Mate, first Mate, I'll place. drive. Is it multi-drive? It's, it's, no, I wish it bleeding was. I only um, booked it yesterday. Um, so what are you going to do? I don't know, I've never been here in my life. Typical United, isn't I it? I don't know. Typical like, United. Typical United. <laughs> Figure it, it out it when feels it comes like to it. It feels like I'm on a European away game. You're the last people to leave the stadium. Happens, doesn't it? Sorry. <laughs> 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 what the first time? What the fucking last time? Right? Uh, what did you make of that today? Awful. I don't know, mate. Honestly, right. It's a, it's a pre-season, friendly, a bit of a run around. Lads get a bit of fucking energy in the legs, don't they? It's nothing serious. You can't be disappointed about the result. The full squad's now here, yeah. They probably won't be told Miami at Madrid if they come out even at all. You probably won't have to, will Some they? will, some won't. Yeah, exactly. So they're not being forced to. We haven't got a full squad out here. Half of them won't be seen next season in the first team. So it doesn't matter, does it? It's all about getting experience for them, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. It doesn't matter, does it, really? And for you, what are you going to do now? Well, I just sit in Santa Clara overnight. <laughs> I've done much worse, mate. Well, where's the worst place you've slept? Um, that herning after the Europa League when we got B1, 2 1 or whatever it was. Fucking minus four and it was outside the airport because it was closed, wasn't it? Was it herning? Copenhagen, herning. that was it, yeah. yeah. Copenhagen, because we got the bus back to, Cop- to a herning four hours, Copenhagen. And then the airport was fucking shut. And we had the first flight back, so we had to sit outside there. That was minus four, minus six. That was, that was probably the worst fucking sleepover we've had. So, so it's, it's not half as bad as being here. You've um you've caught the sun. I half, yeah. Like a lobster. What did you decide to put factor two on like six hours after you started sunbathing? <laughs> well, yeah. Right, well good luck. Cheers on there. Well to be continued yeah. on Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> if we get if we make it. If you make it. No, I'll be fine. So just tell us a bit bit of background. Um where you were born? When you when did you move to England? Why did you move to England? Um, yeah, I was born in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. Um, I came here when I was about four years old, um, just basically to to give us a better opportunity in life. Uh, my parents kind of looked at us and and thought, you know, why not um, give them everything they can to to become someone, to become something. So um, I think so far it's working out quite well. Um, it's a good gamble that's paying off at the moment and. 
right now all I'm trying to focus on is just working hard and bettering myself to get to the to place I want to be. Can you remember leaving Congo? I don't remember much. Um, I've not been back yet. What was um, this political situation like when you left? Was it trouble? Um, I can't remember much to be honest. All I just remember is that my mum wanted to to kind of give us the best. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think initially it was meant to go France, but my mum didn't like France, so um, we came England instead. Um, but yeah, I think it's been good here. I've learned the culture. Um, so Rochdale. Rochdale is where I grew up. Yeah, well, I was a young boy. Um, studied there. Um, yeah, it was good. It's good. Can you Got remember to... what your earliest memories are? Um, I just remember playing football to be honest you know we had a local like um, five a side pitch yeah. and every day you know whatever time there was someone on there and you know we just kind of joined in and started playing and we had a good local community um, whereabouts in Rochdale? Uh, old. Mm. Um, what's that like? it's nice it's just a um, block of flats really yeah. um, just everyone coming from everywhere kind of sharing the same goal um, it's a good good community a lot of young boys pushing to kind of become someone and um, amongst them lads I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones and um, they kind of all kind of look up to what I've done so far and it keeps pushing them to become better in themselves so you know um, I'm happy of where I've come from um, what I'm doing right now and just keep to push Did you speak English when you arrived? No, nah, I only spoke um, Lingala which is a native language and French um, but nah, obviously English is a quite it's quite easy language when you compare it to the rest um, to pick up. So I kind of picked up really fast. Yeah, and um, did I see your brother play for Trafford? Yeah, my brother. I'm from Ermston, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother he has a footballing history as well. Um, obviously, he's not been as fortunate as me, but he's still he's still as a top player. Um, you know, he started off playing at Rochdale, um, done his, all his academy years there, um, and now he's just bounced around a couple of teams here and there. And um, you, where did you start out? I started off just at a local yeah. local team, um, Pearson Celtic Blacks, we were called. Um, you know, won loads of trophies, loads of tournaments. Um, still got them trophies now. Um, and then from there, just one day, uh, a Man United scout was there. Uh, I remember his name, Craig Cuthcott. And uh, he just came up to me after the game. Craig said, played for United, no? I'm not too sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, he just came up to me after the game and said, you know, would you like to come down? And I spoke to my dad and we came and the rest is kind of history. What do your parents do? Um, right now, they're both just looking after me, really. Yeah? Yeah. What um, were they doing when you were seven, eight, nine? Um, my dad was studying in university. Yeah. Um, my mum was just, she's doing university as well, but just doing like part-time cleaning and yeah. stuff. Um, you know, it wasn't the most fortunate, kind of had a hard upbringing. Yeah. Um, but now we, we pushed and, and now they just kind of look after me and look after the family. And Why Rochdale? I don't know. Um, you'll have to ask them, to be honest. <laughs> but Your story is similar to Patrice's. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, just a place where it was comfortable. Mm. Um, you know, kind of got to know the community quite mm. quickly. And the community would be, yeah. is there a large immigrant population in the community? Um, I think so, yes, yeah. I'd say so. Um, a lot of blacks, a lot of Asians, yeah. but also a lot of whites as well. Yeah. We all kind of mingled in together and it was a good friendly neighbourhood, you know. Everyone kind of knew each other and looked out for each other and, you know, there's not much trouble. Yeah. wasn't much trouble, we just kind of you know, got on with our lives and just enjoyed playing football so much. Did you support as a kid? Um, weirdly enough, I supported Chelsea at first. Yeah. 
Yeah, I started supporting Chelsea when I was really young, um, but then everyone in the house was uh, Man United in it, so eventually as I started playing for them, I just converted and started to love United and just started following ever since. So you came through the ranks, did you switch to Ashton on Mersey School? Yeah, yeah. switched, um, started there in year sure. 9, yeah, yeah, yeah. so when I was what, becoming 14, um, yeah, it's a good school there, I think it helped me knuckle down and do, do well in school, you know, the support, the extra support was... Um, you know, essential. It's 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 needed for young kids. You know, when you're not in in school as much and having to come out and do football, to do the things you love, because that's what everyone wants to do, just to focus on the sport and kind of forget about the the education in the background. But um, Ashton Mersey provided a, a perfect balance, and where you know the teachers were willing, you know, in their own time to help us and develop, which was you know it was great. How did you do in your exams? I done quite well actually. Yeah. That's well. Um, so I can't remember exactly. I still got the results at home, but I had a couple of distincts and stars, couple of A's, couple of V's, couple of C's. At GCSEs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could have done A levels. Yeah, I could have done A levels, yeah. but um, we didn't have the time really. Uh, yeah. You know. Because you turned professional. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So you captain United at all the different age groups. Yeah. Um, it's just one team left. Oh, yeah. You know. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Red. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website redarmybet.com or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.